Welcome to the Dead Elephants podcast featuring Duncan and Chris. Looks like it's time to tackle another elephant in the room. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. The Dead Elephants podcast, part two of a series. Part yeah? two of two. So first- A uh, limited edition. Ooh. If you were collecting panini cards, that'd be a big deal. <laughs> um, last week, we talked about dying churches, telltale signs. This yes. one's probably a little bit more personal in the sense of you could be in a really healthy, fantastic church yep. and you're asking the question, should I be here or should I move to another church? Yep. Or you could be in a dying church and struggling with that too. Yep. See, this is kind of the personal version of when is it time to move on? What are the right questions to ask? How do I think about it properly? And how do I do it well as a Christian? Excellent. Okay. So when is a good time to leave a church? Never. <laughs> That's a cult. Um. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. And we did not prepare that. One of the things I did want to say in this episode, I was I was actually talking to my... I don't like saying non-Christian anymore. I like saying seeking. Okay. Yeah. I was speaking with my seeking family members a couple of years ago and just kind of putting the idea on the table of what's the difference between a church and a cult. And the the only thing that they could come up with in their framework was um, the the conditions to leave. So they asked me the question, well, what happens when someone actually wants to leave your church? What do you do? Like, do you force them to stay? Like, what do you... I said, no, I think... Tell me what you do. But generally, you, you want to have some sort of exit interview to kind of yeah. A, leave well, B, to understand as a pastor, you know, could something have happened differently? There, there are different reasons people leave. Obviously... If someone is moving into state, that's going to be very different to there's no one my age or the sermons are boring or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't think we're a cult because we we let people go. Although, you know, sometimes we try to hold on a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I, I don't have them in front of me, but you can actually pull up like the eight telltale signs that you're in a cult kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so right. That, that, that does exist. Yeah. Um, a lot of times there's kind of authoritative, domineering yes. leadership. Which, frankly, there can be sometimes in our churches Absolutely. too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so there, there, is a, there is a line, but it's a fine line between yep. churches and cultish practices. Yep. And there, there are some practices within our church that would be cultish, mm. but it doesn't necessarily make it a cult. Yeah. So Sounds like a cult leader's perspective to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Cordial there on Sunday. <laughs> See you then. Um, this was a listener request. Okay. And I'm going to work on the assumption that this question is not... I'm moving into state. Yep. That's obviously different. This is, I'm staying in the area. I'm not loving church for whatever reason. Sure. And I think I need to change. That's, I think that's kind of the prism of this conversation. Yep. So I, I think historically, if we were to look at uh, uh, an early first century church, um, there wasn't the same kind of movement between locations. And so what you had is typically a person living in one community for their whole lives and attending a church in that community for their entire existence. And that was kind of the narrative mm-hmm. for churches. Now within our area, there, I would say there's 11 Bible-believing churches in the Belrose, Kalani, Frenches Forest community. Mm-hmm. And within those churches, there's a whole bunch of various different issues and some of those churches are in growth and some of those churches are in decline. Um, and so 
things and shapes for our church today are a bit different. Yep. We got Baskin and Robbins. Yeah, like we, there's ice cream. Yeah, there's there's there is a consumer tendency towards our churches. Yep. So as we're navigating this question, I think it's just kind of important to say that there's probably 16 churches within a 10 kilometer radius of you that would be thrilled mm. to have you walk into their building. Mm-hmm. And therefore, okay, so why should you ever leave then? Right. Okay. So this is this is the question. So so I have in my church, I want to say a fair representation of the demographics of our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that, we have young married adults who have not yet had kids who are wrestling with whether or not they want to live in this community. Sure. Expensive place to live. Um, and this, I think, relates a little bit to affordable housing. Um, and if we don't want to do that, where are those people who are in our demographic? Yep. They're not here. They're 20 minutes down the road at a different church mm-hmm. where there's like an explosion of that. And they're asking, where are the retirees and where are the maturing families? And they're all in my church. Yep. So that there are different pressures in different seasons. So I think there's overlapping things. So oftentimes when a person asks this question, it's because they're going through a season of transition. Sure. And in that liminality, they're trying to figure out where am I called to be? What am I called to do? And they're asking all the right questions. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they're coming back to is that sense of connection into the church they're at now. Mm-hmm. So so the first question you ask is, is what I said last week at the end of the pod. When did I feel the deepest connection to my church? And if it's the youth group and you're 25, okay. Which actually I think is a reasonably common story for a lot of people. We have a friction point. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is it, I feel, so then you go, we've got our friction point. Pragmatics. Do I feel a deep sense of connection with what the pastor is saying and it resonates with my phase of life? Yes or no? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Well, it's not bad. I don't always hit the mark every week, so that's not terrible. Do I have a great community of friends who love being here and love having me participate in the community and I find that my gifts, skills and values have worth and are used and, are, you know, I've got a deep connection? Yeah, okay. That's, that's another good question to ask. But if you start getting no's to these questions, then the difficulty is is that – um, church is like a faith-based relationship, not a marriage, which means when you come to leave it, there is pain in that departure. Yep. Because the church was good. Yep. Right? It, it, it's a breakup on some level with a girlfriend that's just not the right girlfriend. Yep. But it's not a girlfriend at all. It's a church. But this, a- this is where a pastor will pick you apart every day of the week because all of your frameworks were me, 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 me. Yes. This is the classic you're not here to be served but to serve. Sure. Which, by the way, I don't like and I think is overly simplistic. And actually in the case of this argument, I think, or this conversation, I think that pastors should probably err on blessing and releasing people more than they do. Or probably even more importantly than that, in so doing, blessing and releasing people three or four times, 
start to gather some data points about what's going wrong in our community. Now, yes. sometimes you just have a straight out consumer culture that grumbling is a massive issue. And no matter what you do, you're not going to please some people. I get that. But often um, in people voting with their feet, you're actually learning something along the way. Um, what does that mean for the church member? Again, I, I said this last week, I've been on both sides of this. Yeah, I've been the congregation member who has broken up with the church and got a response that was frankly pretty crappy. And it took me a good number of years to recover from that where I, I came out of that breakup, to use your paradigm, feeling like I'd been conditionally loved the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the moment I fell out of love, I was now no longer worth anything as a person. That hurt. I've also been on the pastoral side where um, you feel the pain of someone leaving and yeah. it does feel like a, it does feel personal and it's hard for it not to. So I get it on both sides, but I think broadly speaking, and I've spoken about this on other episodes, like on the one hand, you've got the, uh, I need to invest in my church. That's my community. That's true. You can't go to church just to consume. Churches cannot function when that happens, it actually needs everyone to buy in. On the other hand, um, you've also got the Holy Spirit guiding and directing people. And if for whatever reason that person is being prompted to go somewhere else, is part of that going to be negatively reactive to something they don't like? Probably. Yeah. But there's also going to be part of it that's going, I just really feel drawn to that place. And that's, I think, something important to sift through. Am I... Am I, am I leaving something I don't like or am I going somewhere that I feel passionate about? And, and where's the line between those two things? So, I mean, I had this conversation recently with a couple who were like, I, I think we need to go somewhere else. Yep. And you kind of examine it and you go, yeah, I actually think it's probably healthy for you to find another place. You've been at this church 18 years. I think it's been a number of years since you've felt that deep sense of connection. And yep. that's partially because a lot of your mentors that invested he heavily into your spiritual walk have moved on. So you now feel isolated. You don't necessarily feel like you're at a stage yet where you can rise up into that same voice of leadership and mentor someone else because there's not really a person in the pipeline. And so you find yourself coming along and serving out of indentured servitude mm and not feeling the deep heartfelt connection with the church that you once felt. Now I can rage against the machine and say, well, you know, all the things that you just said, well, it's about you serving. But when I was listening to that, I was kind of like, no, I, I hear you mm -hmm. and I feel you. And what I want for you is to find a place where you feel that deep connection and love and it rekindles a love for the church. So what I said is because there are pragmatics in the church you're rostered on for like the next eight weeks. Mm -hmm. When you're not rostered on, I need you to go and try other churches mm. and find one that you love mm. because I'm not going to have you leave this one without having the one mm. that you're going to go to. It's really helpful. Yeah. So come and serve here because I need, sorry, I need you to do okay, it. Okay. Can I just pause you? Um, point number one, therefore, if you're listening and you're in the membership position, you're saying, Know where you're going before you leave. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is that I think it's it's helpful for you to say, okay, 
I'm not sure if this is the place for me to be, but you just don't end it because there's, there's a, <laughs> oh, this is going to sound cultish and it's not meant to. <laughs> there's a routine. Tell us number one. There's a routine to going to church on a Sunday that is healthy. Yeah. And when you break that for an extended period of time, yep. it's really hard to get back in. No, I, I would second that. And I, and I agree. COVID, right? No, and, and I agree. Like you, you feel like a Pharisee for saying, you know, but there is something spiritually forming about that routine. I, I agree. Yep. And so then I, I look at our community and those new members to our church are loving what they are experiencing on a Sunday. So I go, the product... Mm of church that we have got is good and healthy. Mm -hmm. People feeling connected. They feel engaged with Jesus. We're prayerful. We're worshipful. We're in the word. I'm good. And the people who walk into that space love it. So if you're not loving it, I don't change the entire system so you love it. Yep. So I have to honor you and say, mate, what you have contributed has been extraordinary. And so this is where I say as a pastor, whoever leaves our place, I, I want to let them leave on a white horse. Mm -hmm. I love you. You're mm -hmm. great. You've been incredible. And these are all true stayings, mm -hmm. by the way. This is not, I'm not just giving you lip service. Mm -hmm. These people have been a profound blessing to our ministry for a multitude of years. Mm -hmm. And I am gutted to say farewell, mm. but I also want them to be in a church where they love it. And that's what I didn't receive. And that took a long time to, to heal from. So I just want to say thank you. <laughs> I didn't say it to yeah, you. I well, said it. Yeah. But that, like, so, so, and that's the thing is that as you grow up and you go into a new season of life, your kids make friends. Sometimes those friends are in a different area. Sometimes those friends are connected to a different church. And you gravitate to the places where your your kids are. Yep. That's not a bad thing. Yep. And so you come to this season where you go, actually, my life is over there. It's not here. And and I feel like if I if I want to sow into that community better, it's it's actually more helpful for me to be over there. Mm -hmm. And so there's this kind of transitional season where you wrestle that out and you feel an allegiance to what you have already been a part of here and how significant that is. And you love the pastor and you love the worship and you love the people, but you just, there's a stagnation where you're like, I, I got to step into that. But here's the problem. Often when you hit that point of stagnation for whatever reason, you don't feel like you can be honest with the pastor about the fact that you're stagnating because you don't want to offend them. Like... I, I think what happens more often than not, and this probably says more about you as a pastor than anything, and I mean that in a good way, often people will leave knowing why they're leaving, but they'll give the super, the superficial answer as to why. Oh, mate, I think I did a leadership retreat and one of the things they said, you're the lead pastor now, you never get the whole truth. <laughs> it's true. It feels really accurate. It's it's actually true. Okay. so So I guess behind that is a question. If you're thinking about leaving, how honest should you be with the pastor? Oh, this is an EQ episode. Mm. Um, I felt it really helpful when they said, listen, I, we just don't feel the same connection. Mm. And I felt desperate. Like, so I, I knew the couple and I'm like, I feel sad because I know I can't connect with you the way that you want to be connected with. So was what they said a surprise to you? No. Okay. Mate, I, I, I could almost pick 
two other couples that are probably having that wrestle and they're just not there. Yeah. And so I, I, I would prefer to love that individual and have them wrestle out. And when they, and this is where to your point where I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't say that you only get out from church what you put in mm. is if I'm having a exit type conversation, I've missed the boat on that. As in, you should have seen it earlier. I, I should have said it. Yeah. I, I, that that should have been echoed to my community regularly. Is that this is a service place? It's about what you, that's every Sunday conversation. Yeah. So by the time I'm getting, I think it's time for me to go. Understanding the narrative of why you want to go is yep. really good, but also allowing you to leave well. And I think part of that allowing leave well is find the place that you love. Mm. And then let me farewell you well mm. here. Mm-hmm. So I said to the person, I, I want to have a meal with you. Yeah. With all the people you love at our church. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I promise not to invite the ones that annoy you. <laughs> the church you've always wanted. <laughs> right? Like I'll just give you the highlight reel of everything you love about this place. Because I want you to think positively because you might be at a church yeah. over there where they go, oh, I want this, this, and this. And they're like, mate, I, actually these guys – Love me on the way out, mm. and that's where I want to go. Yeah, is that a lot of times people just smoke bomb and leave? I'm pissed, and I'm out. Yeah, totally. That's not the way to leave. It's not, but I can also understand why it happens. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that—that's where I think when we're talking about, um, you know, when should I leave my church? There's a multitude of different reasons. Sometimes, when it's toxic, domineering leadership, sure. get the heck out of there. Yeah. And you don't need to give an explanation <laughs> why. Yeah. And then there's other times where it's a new season of life. Great, wrestle it out and figure out it is, but. Be prayerful. Ask to your peers. Yep. Um, and then surrender that before the Lord and find the place. Can I give my one reason why I hate people leaving churches? And I'll say hate. Yeah, go. It's like, I, I, yeah, I, like I get it on one level. I can't stand it when people leave churches because the church got too big. That's the one I just have <laughs> no, I have no succeeding. time for. Like, like I get it on a personality yeah. level and I get that for some people you know, crowds cause anxiety. Like I, I'm, I'm the mental health guy. Like I'm sympathetic to it, but I just want to break it down and go like, do you really realize what you're saying? Like, I think on some level that's an access and ownership thing. What do you mean? So accessibility of the pastor changes sure. the bigger the church. Yep. And that oftentimes annoys people. It does. And when, I just, when I, it was small, yep. I could get at the pastor as much as I yep. want. And I just really want to push back and say, that is a bad reason. Like I get there's a grief there as the church transitions, but it means that God's at work and the mission is alive and get on totally. board rather than I, grieve the fact that it, some of my personal needs might get compromised as a result of that. Yeah. I, I just think I just can't stand that reason. That That's the one I really rally against when I hear it. Well, and then the, the ownership thing is different too, because the larger the church, the more systems and processes there yes. are in place. And so the more distilled your responsibilities are, you, yep. you don't get to be 16 different roles in yep. a large church. There's probably two or three, yep. which is where the house church or the community group or connect group becomes much more of a place where you get to have that fullest expression of yep. small church. Yeah. And maybe the I think the better play, therefore, is to, if you are feeling that pinch, to plant rather than just leave. Like, do you talk about as a community, is it time to, to plant an offshoot? I think that's a much more biblical approach than I'm out of here because it's too big. Yeah. I would say, though, on the other hand, I do think some churches can over-engineer the structures. They want to be a bigger church than what they are. And so the things that you're talking about come in perhaps too early and people can kind of grieve the fact that, well, we're not really there yet, but we've, yeah, we're just over-engineering this bad boy and that's that's kind of hard as well. 
Yeah. So there's a fine line there and, you know, somewhere in there is the truth. But yeah, I I think my, my perspective is for people who are listening who are thinking about leaving, I think like, I think your pastor deserves an open conversation. Absolutely. Um, I get that it's risky and I get that it's, it's, it's fragile and you want to be careful about how you say it. But worst case scenario, you've, you've, you've said how you feel. You've given the pastor a chance to filter that and process it how they need to. You've given them a data point. Um, or best case scenario, they actually respond with this real graciousness and humility and go, actually, can we go on a journey together? Maybe you will leave, maybe you won't. But let's actually disciple you through this process, which it sounds like you've been doing with these couples. So it's, yeah, I just want to say whatever you end up deciding, the smoke bomb and leave as you say it, it's really tempting. Yeah. But it's just not the right way. I, and not just for the pastor, but I think for you as well. Yeah. You know, you don't get the closure you need to kind of transition into a new spiritual community either. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's all it's all very challenging. I, I was looking at, we had this network meeting at a site that we've got in the inner city of Sydney and it's, it's a beautiful historic site. And part of me goes, Oh, man, I would love to just send all our younger adults who might also be young marrieds and just say, here's your campus, just yeah. go get it. Like you'd just be surrounded by all your brothers and sisters. You know, like you just have your entire demography is in there. Yep. Um, but like you're a church of 50 people. Yep. And so suddenly you hemorrhage 10 people immediately. <laughs> you're like back in crisis mode yep. for stabilizing this thing and growing this thing. But there's some, you know, there's like some wisdom to what you were saying about a church at 300 people could realistically send 50 people to plant. Well, can I nuance? Apparently the number is 70. Data has shown that 70 is the critical mass spot that that, it, that makes for a good plant. That's just what I've read. Okay. so so, yeah. I, But I'll, I'll, 300 and you could plant yeah. 70? Yep. Could you... Could you kind of regrow from 230. Yeah. yeah, some stuff might have to change yeah. and you might have to change some staffing or maybe some of that staffing goes to the new plan. Mm. But you could realistically do that. Um, is that I think sometimes with churches, we just, we're so afraid of the big, bold decision. Like I had to check myself even after saying that, like could we go from 50 to 40? <laughs> we could. Yep. <sighs> it's scary though. Mm. You know, and then and then you kind of have to be in a season two where you, now you're you're kind of not planting multiple campuses. But my heart wouldn't be to just send them out, tap them on the rear end, and say, "Have a great job, yeah. Good, see ya." But to say, "Mate, listen, how do I support yeah, you?" I think I think it's very important. So there, I keep on coming back to this idea, mate. There's ten churches that would love to have you. Mm. Like, can I? I'll let you in on a secret. We never have enough leadership for children's youth ministry when we had it. So we we would go to the big Anglican church just down the road who just had a plethora of young adults and say, who are the leaders that you are definitely not picking this year? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like 100%, these are off the table. We don't want them. We're not going to use them. And I would call that list. Mm. i say, hey, would you come over here and serve at our church for 12 months? Mm. And because of the way that they're conditioned, like mm. the, the, the requirement for leadership at that church is a three-year term. Mm. 
I'm asking for a year. They're like, heck yeah. You know, and then they feel used and in, uh, in a way that allows them to express those gifts that they might not have had that opportunity at that other church. And then at the end of the 12 months, they go back to that church and, you know, like hopefully better at sharing the love of Jesus. Yeah. But every time that 12 months is up, I'm like, gosh, I wish we could keep them here. Mm. It's well, so enough, bl- such a blessing. Funnily enough, that was my story. I was on the one-year contract and ended up going back temporarily. But the church I did the one-year contract to is the church I ended up becoming a pastor at long-term. Yeah. So there you go. It's it's an awesome strategy. Mm. If you, I mean, you kind of have to have a church that's okay with you making those calls. Yeah. But um, yeah, we had so many great leaders who came out of they they were a B for another church, mm. and they're a triple A plus for us. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, in a nutshell, what when is okay? Two questions: When is it okay to leave my church? And if I decide to leave my church, how do I do it well? Well, everything that I just said before, I think, helps you to unpack when is it okay to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing you say it's okay to leave. Yes. Like more than like you're you're coming at it from more of a releasing than a keeping mentality if somebody gets to that point. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm such a individualizer. I think I I have it's a case by case assessment yep. for me. Sometimes you just like I don't know, living in sin and you just want to fully embrace it and cannonball into it. And so you're yep. just looking for every excuse to go out the door. I'm yep. like, that's not healthy. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. So a church should be a place where you are being spiritually formed in community. Yeah. And so therefore, first question, am I being spiritually formed in community? If the answer to that is yes, err towards staying. If the answer to that is no, ask yourself, why is that? Is there is there a... And this is where it gets difficult. So, so at our church, I can answer that because we we don't necessarily have the people to run those structures. Sure. Yet. And so we we are looking for good people to do that. Is part of the reason why our formation isn't as good as it could mm-hmm. be. Yep. Does that? So, yeah, yeah. So you're so in a catch twenty two, right? Some sometimes that's the reason yep. is that we're just we're at forty on a Sunday, mm. and you're right. We need to be at seventy mm. to feel like we're out of the fragile season we're in, and so part we. Our small groups are not as good as they could be because we just don't have the capacity. Yep. I've got limited bandwidth to work with and I'm trying to maximize where I put that. And so if I, which we've just had, and this is the other challenge, is that I've got some incredible people who are going to make excellent small group leaders. But our the way that I do that is to say, I just need you to sit here for six months mm-hmm. and catch the vibe. Mm-hmm. And once you've catched the vibe, I promise you'll lead this stuff. Mm. But if you don't catch the vibe, sure. it's going to be real toxic real quick. Yep. And so that's part of, you know, other part is, is you walk in like your poop don't stink going, mm. mate, I could do a thousand things here. Yeah. Why aren't you using me? It's like, because I need you to actually get the rhythm of yeah. what we're trying to do. I, I had a pastor say that to me once. I was really offended at first and then thought, no, no, it's good. It's yeah. wise. Um, yeah, I think what that shows is the question of... Um, I'm going, if it's about serving or not serving, you can serve anywhere. So whether it's the church you're currently at or the church you want to go to, I'd be less, uh, except for the situation you gave, if, if you're coming from a church that's massively over-resourced, that's a different story. Most churches I think are under-resourced and therefore 
um, if the church is about serving, then you can serve whether it's here or there. Yep. So then the question, yes, comes back to the spiritual formation question. And then the hard question I think becomes, am I am I struggling in my spiritual formation because I'm not owning things for myself? Yeah. Or because there is a fundamental problem with how the church is being run and led and operated that it's just, whether it's really poor preaching or dysfunctional community or whatever it is, then I think you should seriously look at leaving. Yeah. If, if I guess if the problem is bigger than you and it's not going to change in a hurry, then, you know, you need to own that and be as honest as you can with leadership. If as you investigate your heart, you go, actually, I've, I know deep down I've got a bad attitude. And this is where your point about bringing in people around you, friends and family members who can speak wisdom. Yeah. I think that's really important. And then go for it or don't go for it. But yeah, I think either way, be honest both to leadership but also with yourself. Yeah. Um, bring it before the Lord in prayer and know that you're not outside his will no matter which decision you make. I like that. It's a shorter episode. It makes up for the longer one we did last week. It's because I just want to leave. Can I please leave this podcast? Okay. Duncan, I'm just not vibing. Are we, I'm, not, I'm not vibing you. I want you to be in a podcast where you feel like you're the fullest expression of you <laughs> before the Lord. And I honor that your your decision is a hard one. Mm. It has been. I love you, brother. But I know where I want to go and that's to a new podcast. Before you leave here though, yes. I need you to find that podcast. <laughs> and then tell me and we're going to leave you well. It's the Bill Simmons podcast. I'm going to uh, I'm going to Bill Simmons. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Mate, they don't even respond to mailbag. <laughs> Jerks. We'll see you again next week.